Welcome back, or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and this is another episode of Trail Tea with Dan Kurtz, Abby Levine, and Jack Kenzel. One thing to note is that I unfortunately made a mistake while recording this episode. I neglected to catch an audio issue early on on Dan's side where he does sound muted and sort of underwater at points. I will say that the first half of the episode, it's much better than later on in the second half. I did try to fix it as best I could in editing, but it wasn't perfect. Um, I will say that we have plenty more of these episodes with Dan, Abby, and Jack in the content pipeline for 2024. So have no fear. Uh, I believe the audio will be pristine from there on out. But uh, in this edition, we talk about the latest on the UTMB controversy here in North America. We get into our running motivations. We then talk about the nature versus nurture debate when it comes to being a great athlete in this sport. Uh, And finally, we talk about trail running versus climbing media preferences. Um, before we get started, also, thank you to Knack for supporting this show. Knack is the official nutrition partner of Singletrack because I'm a big believer in what they do and how they do it. The idea behind their products is simple. The ingestion of a single macronutrient, like carbohydrates, is not enough for the vast majority of athletes to fuel ultra distances. After a few hours of effort, you need the complete nutrition approach to go farther for longer. So many athletes are bonking in the 100K and 100-mile distances because they're using products made for shorter efforts that overuse sugar and lack other critical macros. And that's the problem NAC solves. It's sports nutrition made for the ultra distances. So if you're curious, head over to their website, NAC.com, spelled N-A-A-K. Check out what they got. And at checkout, use code SINGLETRACK15 for 15% off your order. With that, let's get to the conversation with Dan, Abby, and Jack. We are back with the second edition of Trail T. This coincides with the end of 2023, so I suppose we can we can talk about that as well. But the first topic that needs to be discussed is relatively breaking news. Earlier today on Instagram, Jack let more of his opinions be known to the <laughs> Instagram universe. Oh, and one of the takeaways was that uh, Jack is further delaying his entry into the formal racing. He's not doing UTMB next year. Jack, do you, for anyone that is not plugged in in social media that only listens to the pod or follows running media this way, uh, talk about your, your circumstance and your decision there. Yeah, so... Coming out of last season, I, I decided I, I did want to want to actually like race some stuff instead of just doing FKTs, and I also was like really looking forward to doing some more runnable stuff. I think like UTMB is like a good middle ground for me because it's it's fairly steep, uh, which I think I'm better at, but it's also it's also quite quite runnable uh, as opposed to like a lot of the races in the U.S. where I think I'd I'd get destroyed pretty pretty handily on on flatter more runnable terrain. Uh, so yeah, I was. I was kind of building my season around doing UTMB next, uh, next September, August. And then just like increasingly, I mean, I think that there were some other issues I didn't really acknowledge in that post that were just personal to me and doing UTMB, but I was still, I was still going to do it. And then just kind of the, the whole Whistler Alpine Meadows thing happened with Gary Robbins and then the Corinne Malcolm, uh, you know, was like not renewed or was, was fired as a, as a live commentator for them. And then also like, you know, Dacia is now like their principal sponsor and, you know, is uh, primarily makes, you know, gasoline powered cars. Uh, so I think, you know, there's just like a, a variety of reasons that just became clear to me that I just like, didn't really want to endorse that whole, 
that whole system. I mean, beyond that, there were some other personal reasons. I mean, I, I did want to do the race, but uh, I was also, you know, I'm, I'm touched that a lot of people want me to do the race, but also I felt like at a certain point I was, I was kind of doing it for other people uh, and kind of fitting other people's vision of kind of what they want me to do, which also bothered me a little bit, but I, I still was going to do it until I was like, you know, I really don't want to, I don't really want to endorse this, this system. Can I respond immediately? I haven't even had a chance to look at your post, Jack. Uh, Jack, for, just so everyone knows, Jack texted me the copy to his post before he sent it. I was in a meeting. <laughs> I responded 10 minutes later with some copy edits, and he was like, too late. Like, good Lord, <laughs> Jack. You need to, like, you need to cool the burning hole in your pocket. Um, well, it was beyond that. I actually, I was going to say I woke up. I woke up, I mean, it wasn't really, I like fell asleep at 3 a.m. last night and I woke up at like 8.30 and uh, I was like planning on going back to sleep and I just like stream of consciousness wrote that. I sent it to you. I was like, hey, I need you to look at this. And then like 10 minutes went by. I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm just posting it. And then I was planning on going back to bed. I realized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Oh, you were planning on going back to bed. Meanwhile, on the East Coast, it was like 1 p.m. So that's pretty (laughs) funny. Um, Did it occur to you, Jack, that because you've never done any of these races, you coming out and posting this, I'm not doing this race, is somewhat ana- analogous to like Michael Jordan coming out and posting, I will never be comp- competing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, maybe, but it's like, I mean, certainly I am, I am the, in the position, I am the, of, you know, all the people that would compete at UTMB, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to apply the term elite myself. But like of all of all the elites, I am like I have the lowest threshold or like there's the least, you know, backlash. I was like the least likely to do it. So, I mean, yeah, it's like no big deal. I mean, obviously, we, so we already <laughs> recorded this. We recorded this whole podcast already. And, you know, Dan said some really inappropriate things. And like I talked to Finn afterwards. And I was like, hey, we got to scrap that recording. Like, <laughs> but uh no, there was something wrong with the recording last time, but like there was talk then that like maybe Jim wasn't going to do it. And like, it looked like there was going to be some like wider uh, kind of descent. I mean, it looks like Zach Miller's is, is not doing it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that's maybe a tiny bit motivated by, you know, kind of the controversy. None of that applies to you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> you, you go do UTMB to like, you know, have that level of competition and, that's that's you know Jack Zach's done the UTMB thing. I've done he's, the UTMB. He's proven yes. himself there, you know. <laughs> Zach, not Jack. Oh, Zach. Oh, you got to um, enunciate your words there, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, Zach deciding to not do it this year after having yeah such success is is I don't know. I do think it's I just think it's still such a good proving ground, and it's an interesting thing interesting topic when you are related obviously because you haven't done races when you've been the last couple of years just running all these fkts so strongly um so for me like i still want to see you go do one of these big high high power races so i'm still rooting for that at some point really fast i'm just curious jack what Given that you're not in the racing scene currently, what motivated you to come out and say that 
you will continue to not be in the racing scene because that's kind of what it looks like from the outside. Well, so I did... inflated sense of self, probably. Yeah, so that's that's ninety nine point nine percent of it. Um, and also, like, it's been a while since I've raced at anything, so I just like needed some attention. So I was like sitting in bed this morning. That's it. I got it. Um, but uh, I mean, I did say like back in in September or October or something that I, I was going to do UTMB next year and. Uh, you know, there's that like ultra trail running discord. And I think someone said it in there. So I think like some people were aware that I was planning on doing UTMB and I was, I was planning on doing it. And I think, I mean, to, to what Dan said, like Zach or Jim or Killian coming out and being like, Oh fuck UTMB. I'm not doing that. Like that almost means less in, you know, you could argue that means less than me saying I'm not going to do it maybe in some capacity because like they've already kind of like had their shot there. Whereas like I've, I've never, I've like, I represent, you know, I think the, the segment of people who have like never had success there. granted, I've never fucking gone there period. But, um, you know, I think you could possibly make that argument. So it sounds like to me, and this is also based on what I've observed, but the people that have taken a stand so far are, you could probably fit them into three groups. The first group is people that are probably past their prime. They're, they're, they're relevant in the sport, but like they're not in their racing prime. So to some extent, it's easy for them to take the position they did. There are other people like Zach Miller who have already had success in the race, although Zach hasn't won it yet. That's a big objective for him. So maybe he does have something on the line. And then there are people maybe in the FKT camp like you, Jack, who that's your primary residence <laughs> and you were considering jumping over, but you know, maybe not. I guess the question I have is like, what is, what, which type of athlete is the proper athlete that we should be looking to, to really like take a stand and, and make an impactful decision here? Like, is it that athlete who squarely sits inside the racing scene is still in their prime has unfinished business? Is it someone else or is anybody saying anything a good thing? I think we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, uh, what are we, are we going to accomplish anything by we, I mean the royal we of trail runners, going to accomplish anything by taking a stand and tying into a conversation we were we had earlier today? What effect, if any, does any athlete come out coming out saying, I'm not doing this race have on the viability of the race? I mean, I think, yeah, we were texting back and forth about this all day, but I was definitely with jack earlier at least what, what he was saying was that you know i do think if a critical mass of elites decided to boycott utmb this year i mean that it would just not have the luster that it's had in past years if if you didn't have any of the big favorites from this past year racing it it wouldn't it would not be nearly as interesting i think to the general public and maybe that takes like a year or two or three or four to trickle down but I have a hard time believing UTMB is UTMB without the history of Killian and Jim, you know, everyone being there. Like that's so integral to the race in my opinion. So I was arguing with Kyle about that this today and I took your stance, Dan. I was obviously doing media at UTMB at the finish line and you cannot compare any moment at UTMB to when Courtney and Jim both cross the line to win. Everyone's there, the energy, the excitement, the brouhaha. Kyle's counter to that was UTMB started as an outgrowth of doing the TMB, and it's rooted in the lore and the history of circumventing the Mount Blanc Massif. And for the lay person, ultra runner who 
they do ultras, but they're not like invested in the media around it. It's more about their own personal accomplishments and following the sport as a fan. They don't care who wins. They're not at the finish line. They're off doing the race. They're like, you know, a quarter of the way into the race when Jim is finishing. Um, do we think that for those people, they will care if the fastest person is winning it or not? It's the same. It's the same reason for companies sponsoring athletes. Like the top end validates the race being important in some ways. Like it's less. That's why people aren't nearly as hyped about a local race without, you know, Jim Walmsley at like competing at it. Um, yeah, I think you need that. <laughs> I need, you but need but who's there, people in that setting? The people at that race are probably just as hyped. You know, and I, I look at the sport through a slightly so. different lens because I'm working and running media where we're largely serving serving the broad audience who's like just dipping their toes into the sport. They're doing their first 50K. It's about them. It's a participation sport. And, you know, I, and that's something is- that hasn't been clearly delineated in, in trail running. Are we trying to be a participation sport or a spectator sport or both? And it sounds like you're talking about the spectator aspect of the race. But I think well, it's for the majority... To- Sorry. Well, no, I definitely cut you off. But it, I think it's hard culturally too in the us first <laughs> europe i feel europe gets can get a lot more excited by the spectator side with you know they do care about who wins it seems like the the tour of france has some of these similarities like there's no public <laughs> race for a tour de france that i know of or at least it's not big in any way and it is such a huge event and they care about who wins and i think in Europe, from what I've seen, it seems a lot more like that. And anything all of us do really is in the U.S., which I think certainly there's a lot of the um, appeal to the you know common runner, which is great. Both should exist for sure. I just think the UTMB thing will value the okay. winners. Sorry. What? Sorry. I, the last thing, and then I will shut up. I think it's hard to compare the Tour de France because there is no participation what? aspect. And, and UTMB is both participation and spectator. And to slightly foil your point about the distinction of U.S. being participation, Europe being uh, spectator, I was also at the Golden Trail World Series finals, and there was, and that was all theoretically a spectator sport. It was just elites competing. There were zero spectators. Yeah, but it was on the Golfo del Sey. It was like a weird, maybe not the best location for that. <laughs> I think I think in this sport Agreed. there's like enormous turnover of the participants and I think there's new people coming in there's you know older people or you know there's people leaving the sport every day and there's new people coming in and the people that are coming in I think they're going to be informed as to what they want to do they'll be informed by the current media that exists and is being released and that current media that's being exists and released is going to follow the elites and like what they're doing because for because i mean honestly it's like the most i think it's the most interesting storylines people have committed 100% but it's also the media that the brands will be sponsoring and that media will follow what the elites are doing and i think that like heavily informs what the masses do so <clears throat> 
I mean, it just it just always blows my mind. Like when you go in sport, uh, at least in like I don't know running or climbing, like you can go back fifteen years and look at the people who are doing races or who are you know I mean just doing all sorts of stuff. And I've a lot of times I've never heard of them. And if they existed today, I would absolutely know who they are. But I think there's just such rapid turnover. Uh, like if you're not if you're not current, it's kind of forgotten. Uh, so I think what the elites are doing is is you know, year to year is, is, is very important. But I also recognize the fact, like if I were UTMB and people boycotted the race next year, I, I probably wouldn't care at all because you know, a lot of these people, it's easy to say, okay, I'm not going to do UTMB next year. I'm going to do Diagonal Defu or I'm going to do UTMR or something. And then, you know, oh, I'm boycotting UTMB and then come back, you know, and then eventually they're going to come back. So if I were UTMB, I'd be pretty confident. I'd be like, oh, fuck these people. So to your point, Jack, about about uh, the masses wanting to follow the elites, what would you say to what's happened at Leadville, where at one point that was where all the elites went? Now it's not a very competitive race and it continues to sell out every year and has a huge field. No, that's 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 a I think that's a, a great foil to it. Uh, and I think also your Golden Trail example is also that's also a good a good one, too. Um well, yeah. Golden Trail is not a very good corollary. Like, they, I don't think they've perfectly defined their thing. The, I mean, currently the final is to be determined, like all that stuff. And it always bounces around. I mean, Finn knows, there's a good chance Finn knows when he's going to go out to UTMB way in advance. I think he's got that stuff planned because he knows when the race is and it's, it's just always there. I don't know. Well, if Finn's going this year, I don't know where he stands on all this. <laughs> I'll offer my opinion too, but I, Dan, do you have, do you share the same feelings as Jack from that Instagram post? And I'll ask you, Abby too, but like, do you share the same feelings? Do you have a different point of view about, you know, opting out of that system, opting in, staying the same, changing, where do you stand? Well, I literally just got back from a race from the UTMB race in Thailand. And, I didn't know what to do with that. Like I was signed up amidst all the commotion, but for me, I don't, I didn't have as much of an issue with it. I think it's, I, yeah, I didn't have as much of an issue as other people have had with things. I think part of that is maybe coming from a track background where so much of things is business and maybe you end up putting up with stuff that shouldn't happen. I mean, I think track has not done a good job with that for sure. And wanting to put your foot down, you, and this, that's kind of a cop out, like wanting to put your foot down and being like, I completely disagree with this, which people are half heartedly doing. It seems like I don't agree with this, but I will be racing UTMB. (laughs) That's kind of like a soft take, you know? Um, And I don't know. I think it's, it's a business. And if people want to keep, I mean, the thing with Corinne, it's like brutal and I don't think good for the sport, but UTMB can have, can have who they want commentating or not. And that doesn't mean I agree with that decision, but I also think UTMB at net is positive for the sport. Um, It was certainly cool being in Thailand and seeing everyone there. So many people, it's just, I mean, trail running in Asia is obviously a different culture than here, but everyone in Thailand was so so jacked to have a big event there it 
did not leave me feeling badly about the UTMB series. And like my race went decently. So that probably also helps for my, you know, opinion of things over there. But everyone was just really proud to have a place to showcase Thailand in a thing that in an event that seemed kind of major. How about you, Abby? Uh, well, I'll qualify, qualify this by saying that I race like twice a year. So who really cares what I think? But I, I definitely have gotten a little bit perhaps – uh, have seen both sides of it just in the back end of being in media and seeing some behind the scenes conversations that I think give me a little bit more of a balanced perspective. I, I don't think that UTMB is the devil that it's being out, being made out to be. I also don't think that they're perfect. Um, honestly, it's just left me feeling really unmotivated in terms of my own racing. Like I'm not excited about the environment at least in the u.s that's been created around utmb it doesn't motivate me to want to go do it whereas when i was in chamonix this summer when i was supposed to be racing and working and was injured and didn't race my my thought there in chamonix was why did i sign up for ccc i just want to do utmb like utmb is is the culmination of ultra running and now I'm not so sure that that's the case. And I'm just feeling blech. Like, what do I even, I'm still training, but what am I training for? I'm just not feeling very psyched about anything in the competitive landscape right now. I will say like, I'm not sure the answer is like burn UTMB to the ground and like have nothing happen with it anymore. I think it's, I think the most logical path is to push them to shift things in the direction the sport wants to go. I think it's, I mean, and I think Jack does a great job of this is like being a steward of the sport and wanting to push things the direction he believes. And so it's hard to like really argue with Jack's post, right? Like that's his choice then. And he has reasons I, for yeah. it. Awesome. I don't think burning UTMB to the ground and having it canceled and stopped is the answer. But I think some things that like, thinking elites should maybe get more money or appearance money or something that way. Um, I think trying to push them as a group towards that is maybe an answer. And, you know, maybe enough pushback on the Corinne situation makes the next Corinne not be pushed out. Um, but I think revision of the thing might be the answer instead of complete blow up of it. Just last thing I wanted to say about that. I, I'm not even commenting on what happened or didn't happen and if UTMB is evil or if they're not evil. It's more the reaction to what happened that's left me so unmotivated. Like I got into the sport because I was so enchanted by the trail running community and how welcoming they were and how kind everyone seemed to be and drinking beers at the finish line of races. Like that was what drew me in. And this the reaction has been so hostile that it's left me feeling just like very disenchanted. There's very little neutrality with things. It, it is funny. <laughs> there was like a lot of, sure. there was a lot of animosity that I didn't know existed in North America against UTMB. And, you know, I mean, um, I think, I think one thing just Im important to discuss, and I don't want to take the conversation backwards at all, but it's just like, is, is that question is we, we've been talking about like, you know, whether people should boycott or not, but it's like, is UTMB uh, actually good or, or bad for the sport? I think the best thing they bring to the table 
and we can discuss whether this is necessary is it is, it is nice to have like a championship race. Um, I, I do like, I do kind of like the, the UTMB of, of old, uh, you know, I've got maybe less of an issue with that where it was just, it was just a race and you just got in, I don't know, on your UTMB or on your ITRA score. And they didn't have like this whole empire of kind of like, you know, taking over different races and kind of, you know, uh, I don't know what vertical or horizontally integrating the entire sport, whatever that would be. Um, but, uh, do you go to business school, Jack? (laughs) It's what do we know? Big deal. Anyways. Um, no. Uh, so, um, but it's like, I, I, I mean, I think that's, uh, I think that's, you know, having a, a championship race, I think is, is good on the other hand. And I think Abby, this is probably where you'd have the most insight. It's just, I fear that like trail running will turn into uh, triathlon. And I feel like Ironman has like a huge influence over the trajectory of triathlon. And, you know, because they're so dominant, they can really influence the entire trajectory of the sport. Uh, and, and it's clear, like, you know, UTMB doesn't to, from this, the biggest thing I saw is the, you know, I don't really know what happened with Whistler. I don't really know what happened with Corinne. Uh, you know, obviously, UTMB kind of has, as I, I guess, has a right to to do that stuff. But the clearest thing is, is like there was there was public backlash, and they just they clearly did not care. And so, to me, that extends in the future. It's like what's going to be the problem next? Already, you had Jim kind of highlighting how UTMB really doesn't take care of elites, and you know, you show up and you get a pass so that you can, I don't know, drive your crew can drive to the aid stations, and that's it. Uh, there's really not a lot of support from elites, and UTMB. I mean we kind of discussed this already, but I think is, is kind of dependent on elites showing up. Um, so I guess that's, that's kind of my, and you look at Ironman, like the way they've kind of run triathlon and like it, 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 I don't know a ton about it, but it doesn't seem great. Like that Andrew Messick interview, uh, that was on the, how they train podcast is like kind of absurd. Um, so, and I just like, am just distrustful of authority just to like, uh, to begin with. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I feel like you know triathlon really doesn't have like any soul or kind of like heart to it anymore. But maybe maybe I'm off there, and maybe that's just because the sport is so expensive to do. The barrier of entry is so high, and it's much higher than trail running. Well, I'm happy to comment on Ironman if you want to, since I was at both Ironman yes, World Championships please, please, please. this fall. Please do, but, please do. Well, Dan, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I just think it's some of that fear of turning to, and this is totally off the cuff that have just reaction to Jack's um, what he just said. But I think some of the fear of turning into triathlon, I think is, is valid, but some of it just isn't. I mean, there's no, what I don't know what the triathlon equivalent to, you know, watching the video of Jack at Bob Graham round or something. Like, I don't know what the equivalent triathlon um, feet would be i'm not sure what that sport has i think trail running can have a lot of facets to it and there's that ultra running discord we talked jack brought up but um i mean just trying to define all the different disciplines there's such a wide breadth of things that trail running means um and so i think for me i like the performance side and so a utmb championship um concept i love but also i really like the random small race here in new hampshire that you know a handful of people go to and you're like if there's a prize it's a hand carved wooden something um or a bottle i just think there should be yeah yeah 
I won a gallon of maple syrup last year, which was awesome. Yeah, I just think it, all of that can exist. And I think to keep things from happening as Iron Man did, uh, um, I do think there should just be maybe a group of elites that help decide a direction. And I think part of that is trying to happen with the Pro Trail Runners Association thing. I guess I don't know enough about that. I guess I, I was just going to say my my concern a little bit is less for the masses of trail runners and and more what will happen to the elites. I think a bit where if like yeah, UTMB yeah. buys, you know, basically every fucking race. I mean, not every race, but like uh, all the competitive races. And so then it's like to be competitive in the sport, to be a sponsored athlete in the sport means you do UTMB races. Uh, is that's, you know, what it very well could mean. And in triathlon, like there are triathlon FKTs that are like quite popular, like the, t- the Teton picnic, like you, you know, you cycle from Jackson, you swim across Gemini Lake and you climb up and down the Grand Teton. Like that does exist, but that's not like part of, I don't think that's like part of triathlon as much. I mean, there are FKTs over there that do exist, but I don't, I don't know. Okay. couple things. First of all, <laughs> with uh, Ironman itself, Honestly, both Ironman World Championships were were pretty cool. You have to be into the very geekery, you know, showing off your $15,000 bike and your $20,000 wheels. But it def- there still is a charm to that event. And the history, especially in Kona, you feel the history of Kona and its roots and it, its grassroots. I mean, it really was born out of nothing there. Um, that being said, it is a big corporate event. And for example, if you want VIP viewing access during the race, cause your family member is racing, you can pay for that. It's expensive and, but you will get VIP service. Um, that being said, I think what's happened in with Ironman and I think would be the best thing to happen with trail running is Ironman had a, had a monopoly on the sport and they were not paying elites enough and elites were looking for something else. And so the PTO rose up out of nothing and they came in with a huge amount of prize money offering a competitor to the Ironman series where you can go to these PTO opens and they have, it's a championship style event just for elites. Make it, you make a lot of money doing those. And it was just announced this fall that Ironman actually has raised their prize money to compete with the PTO. And they're, they're now creating more of a series type format as well to indirect competition with PTO. So by breaking down that monopoly that Ironman had gained that the pro athletes are really benefiting in that sport right now. So if that were to happen in trail running, which it kind of is maybe with this new series that popped up, although no prize money has been announced and I don't think there are any sponsors. So it's not going to happen this year. I think the best case scenario we could see is sure UTMB build your empire. The, the stronger you build that empire, the more need there's going to be for a competitor to rise up and that will eventually benefit the elites. Also, thank you to rabbit for supporting the show. Rabbit is the official apparel partner of Singletrack, and lately, as colder temps have set in, I believe it actually is officially winter today as I'm recording, I have become a frequent user of Rabbit's new Cocoon 2.0, an advanced sweatshirt with a built-in turtleneck that pulls up into a secure hood and breathable face mask, it's got thumbnails and watch windows to keep your hands warm without fuss, and it's got a water-resistant finish and fleecy interior, that fleecy interior is amazing by the way, for the most comfortable protection. It's the real deal. 
Again, winter is basically here, so go check it out and use code SINGLETRACK20 when purchasing for 20% off your next order. Also, thanks to Oladance for supporting the show. Oladance makes headphones tailored almost perfectly for the mountain ultra trail running scene, and it all starts with their battery life. Most of their lineup comes with 19 hours of battery life, which could last the majority or the entirety of a single ultra for some of you listeners out there. I have personally put them to the test in the harshest of conditions. I'm talking rain, I'm talking snow, heat, cold, and they always hold up. So if you're curious, if you want to buy a pair, head over to oladance.com forward slash ST and use code ST at checkout for $30 off their OWS2 line. To your point, Abby, and for people that haven't listened, we did an episode with Sam Renouf, who's the founder CEO of the PTO, maybe three or four episodes ago. So if anyone wants color on what they're doing, why they were formed, uh, how Iron Man has changed or is changing as a result of their existence. That's a good episode to check out. Um, Abby, I want to come back to sort of your feeling of, of demotivation, not just because of the actions that UTMB took, but also like the, the, the reactions to those reactions. And I kind of felt the same thing with you, like whether or not you think UTMB was right or wrong or within their rights, et cetera. I get the sentiment that, you know, you want to stop a bully or you want to prevent monopolies. You want to have some sort of safety net. You want to have checks and balances. I get all that. And I feel like we should like work towards that worldview. But I also like some of the reaction I'm seeing out there feels a lot like learned helplessness and people feel like it's not within their power to compete or to fight back and that they're totally screwed. And I also have like an anti-authoritarian streak in me. And I always feel no matter how bad it gets or how unfair it is that I do at the end of the day, have agency in seeing like my vision or an alternative vision play out. So I was also left demotivated because I feel like there's still so much opportunity out there and there's always going to be a space for something that's completely different from UTMB. Even if we see them starting to make land grabs and encroach on people's races, like, and I, maybe this is controversial. My initial reaction wouldn't be to like talk about how I got screwed. It would be more like, here's how I'm going to respond. I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond and I'll build another race. I'll go head to head with UTMB or, you know, I'll, I'll do something else in the landscape. But I, I just wish, yeah. I just wish there was like more of like an agency type reaction as opposed to like, I have no chance. I'm down and out. I'm going to take like a, like a poverty mindset too. I don't know that, that, that really like left me wondering like, where's the resolve? Yeah. It felt like the sport a couple of years ago had all of this energy and momentum building. And it, it, at least to me, feels like in the last six months, kind of the wind has gotten popped out of the sails. Yeah. yeah. You guys are just too close to it. You know, <clears throat> it's just like, it's definitely like too, you're too Absolutely. close. Totally. I think. But I will but, say, but also, let me say one more thing. Let me say this, this feels like if you, if you think about revolutions in a political context, like even the American revolution, even, even the American revolution was only supported by 33% ben, of the populace. guillotine was, to Chamonix next August. I'm bring, I'm, <laughs> but think about it. It, it. it was, it was, it was landowners revolting against a monarchy. It was not the common people. And I, I do think it's mm-hmm. important to remind the audience here that there are, it's not like a professional class versus the masses that are fighting. It's two sides of the same coin, two professional classes competing to have a singular worldview in the sport. 
I have anecdotally probably talked to 50 or 60 average runners in the last three to four months. Almost none of them know what the definition <laughs> of a grassroots race is. Almost no one could tell you like what is particularly special about a UTMB race versus a local race. I think a lot of that verbiage comes from people like me who have those experiences and are trying to like craft a, an alternative vision. Like that's just the case. They don't know who Courtney DeWalter is. They don't know who Jim Walmsley is. They certainly don't listen to this podcast. They, they're just, they're just out to run and have a good time. I mean, I, I go to like, you know, yeah. local races here in Salt Lake city and there, there are people running quote unquote grassroots races while wearing like Ironman gear. Like they're like, they're so brand agnostic or brand unaware and they're just there to like work on their fitness, do a hard thing. And it was like close by. So they did it like the proximity at the risk of like, at the risk of upsetting some people with that though but it's like they're not the soul of the sport you know like they're i'm not sure those those people are going to go along with what's there almost and i'm not sure it's not like their opinions are less valid or something but i think they have less opinion they are lesser people that's what you're trying to say dan (laughs) that's brutal Uh we're gonna scrap this recording scrap this recording too Uh Dan's canceled. But, but you know, like I just do think they have less stock in the in the thing. They they enjoy going to races for the weekend, but like I mean Finn, for you this podcast is what you do. You know? And so how how do you feel about if if those big corporate races with tons of money involved are gone from the sport? Does your does your podcast exist without a utmb without a, some of those big races um i don't know like I don't, I don't know what your opinion would be i would just be i would assume that you you want things like you can't be in the in the space well first of all dan my psychologist told me that i'm more than this podcast okay so that's the first one well, your psychologist <laughs> lied <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but to be, to be real, um, yeah, this is, this is such a huge moral dilemma for me and there's no question (laughs) that there is profit at stake. There's like the, literally the existence of my business on the line and I have to seriously take stock of whether we could punt UTMB coverage and do feel good coverage for another race and still stay above water financially. Um, Mm. Every single year is a grind for us. You know, the margins are currently super small. And uh, yeah, so it's like, I mean, theoretically, you could take a, I could, we could take a stand this year, punt UTMB coverage and, you know, for example, go up to the Whistler area and cover that Gary Robbins race but we'd probably lose a ton of eyeballs, a ton of clicks, ton of downloads, ton of listens, ton of advertising conversions. Maybe in three years it all plays out. And that was like part of this wave of change where at the exact same time, a couple other media outlets did the same thing. A bunch of key athletes did the same thing, but I'm not sure. Like the thing that I think about is I'm not sure we have enough time to wait for that change to happen. So you would need, there would need to be a ton of coordination in concert and then like a very quick shift in public opinion around what races are, you know, the most compelling to tune in for. That's where I'm at right now. We have not made a decision. I will say like, 
you know, in confidence, like you, Timby has been a part of our like advertising race coverage pitches in the last two to three months, even after the Gary Robbins stuff. That's not to say that there's not time to like renege on all that and do something different, but yeah, it's, we, we take it day by day right now. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mad. I, I think I said all that stuff, which kind of equivocated on where I stand, but I think baseline, I'm pretty mad about it. I'm a free speech person through and through. And like, even if I didn't agree with Corinne's opinions, like just from like a philosophical standpoint, I like the idea of just like letting the commentators talk freely, be forthright, et cetera. Like I'm not just selectively putting Corinne on a pedestal because I happen to be in alignment with what she believes in. Like, you know, if there was somebody, if it was a single track event and someone was talking about single track poorly, I would celebrate that too. Like it's, you know, it's not situational, but yeah, yeah. We're, we're still dealing with it. Yeah. I mean, and obviously I'm like out of my depth of this UTMB talk. I've never, <laughs> I've never been to the event at all. And in terms of Corinne situation, like I don't know much real inside stuff on that and i would definitely be fired <laughs> like in any position like that because i would i respect 100 percent saying your opinion um and i think that should be the standard but at the same time you can recognize a business wanting to be i don't know i think, I think both sides can be true I, I don't know. Yeah, I also wasn't trying to say that Finn makes a boatload of money from this podcast. I'm sure you don't have like a vacation house on the Mediterranean or something, but but yeah, you just obviously have so much at stake in all of this. Is all I was trying to say. I mean, maybe I'm off here, but like, I think it's pretty hard to argue against like what Corinne was saying. Like, what was it? It was pregnancy deferrals yeah. and equal coverage for the women's top ten. I mean, it's like I don't know. Just like do that shit. Like you're yeah. gonna do that shit in five years, anyways. Probably um, just do it now like i mean it's just not it's just not i don't know it's just like not crazy like what she was calling what she was like calling for 100 percent. like i have no issues with that and that's why it's hard i think that's why it's such a partly a tricky situation because this like obviously i don't think she should have been fired but and there's nothing <laughs> i fully support those what she's saying but also utmb is a business like they can act however they want in some way and they they've obviously lost a lot of fans through this which is the cost of of making those decisions which they should as well like they should lose opinions for making bad <laughs> bad decisions i this brings up an interesting question sorry really fast it seems like everyone's been holding UTMB as a company to a much higher standard than we hold a lot of other companies to. Let's take Dacia, the car sponsor, as an example. We all buy cars. We drive cars. We go to the grocery store, which is powered by natural gas. We're not like boycotting the grocery store. We're not boycotting the car that we drive. Should we as runners be holding a running company to a higher standard than all the other companies that we endorse in our day-to-day life? I'm, I, I, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. I think part of it maybe is races are seen, maybe the, the sponsorship of racing is, is seen as more, you know, more, um, I was going to say, superfluous. Symbolic. 
I was, but I can't even pronounce yeah. it. But I, I think it's just like it's it's just like less necessary. Maybe like the grocery store has to has to stay open, but it's like okay, UTMB doesn't get some extra sponsorship money. What does that mean? <laughs> the live coverage is going to be like the their website, their shitty fucking website is going to be slightly more shitty and shitty and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's kind of the reason. Uh, I'm just I'm totally totally spitballing, but. So we are assuming that UTMB is already a very profitable company and that adding on a car sponsor is just like cush at the top. I mean, I, I would just I would just think uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just like I, I would I feel like it's just less I want to say less necessary that they, they have an additional um, the marginal sponsor. Like if it's just kind of like improving the coverage slightly or like what's really the value there. But do we know Maybe? that? I don't know. I'm guessing. I, I, yeah, by yeah, the way, I am not ass, trying probably. to be a UTMB apologist. I'm just being. Uh, no, I think <laughs> it's a great it's a great it's a great point. It's a great point. I think, yeah, it deserves to be said. Yeah. Just because we don't, I don't know the in, the internal yeah. finances of UTMB. I do know that it's very hard to make money as a race organization. It's interesting because, and I think the concept of like trail running and running in general being a soft sport has come up quite a few times in your podcast, Finn. And it, it so is. And so many of the people who are who make up that soul of the sport are so invested. They want great coverage of these races. They want, you know. They want you out there covering this race with all of the info and details and insider stuff they can get. But then there's pushback when there's car sponsors and stuff. It's like, it's hard to get one without the other, it seems. Like, you need some big money to get well done live streams of that. Such a I, think, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't so straw you're... man the masses in saying everyone wants good yeah, coverage yeah. or, yeah, I don't really. No, no. I think I've Dan though is getting to the, the heart. The yeah, and you're getting to the heart of the issue. And I feel like all of these things that we're discussing are almost secondary effects of what really is the tension, which is we want we again the royal we want the sport to retain this quote unquote soul and heart. At the same time, we want it to grow and be profitable and allow for people like Finn to buy that second home in the Mediterranean <laughs> no one and, <laughs> and for Jack and Dan <laughs> to become billionaires racing. Yes. Thank you. And so those two things are, are coming to a head and can they coexist? Becoming a multi-thousandaire from racing would be great as well. And I think in a way to reframe that is is just I think it's it's probably and then it's just inevitable as like the sport gets bigger and like more athletes are sponsored that it's going to become more corporate. And then this is just this is just you know the way it's kind of played out and like people in the U.S. are like more attached to the idea of kind of like grassroots you know small sport. Like I mean I think that's part of it for me. It's like I look at some sponsored athletes and I think they're fucking pricks. And, you know, they have like a ton of money and it's like, you know, this fancy fucking lifestyle. And then, you know, you look at people. Any names? Nope. You look at Jeff Rose, you know, like living out of that campground, you know, prior to the like 2010 Western States and everything. And it's like, you know, I, I relate and I like more the 2010 Western state sport, but I think it's probably inevitable that it that it dies eventually. Uh, just because like Finn always says, like, you know, you can't like, you know, you can't be competitive. Uh, in sport, you know, kind of living like that in many contexts, like you have to, you know, have like expensive metabolic testing and like, you know, all sorts of shit to kind of like compete on like the top end. 
Yeah, I think if trail running were a child, it would be a preteen, a tween, at that like very yeah, awkward Dan's interested. phase. Like they were, it was a, it was a cute little baby, and we all loved it. And then it was like an innocent little elementary school kid, and now it, it's like Dan's- in sixth grade, and it's like maybe a little chubby and like doesn't really know what to do with itself and its feelings. <laughs> Right. That's my assessment of the situation. Anyway. Needs an older friend, mentor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I just want to say, for the record, I get so much joy out of our group chat, and I, even though I don't respond a ton, I laugh so much every single day. Like you guys bring me so much joy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. But it is. So I think this is this is part of the. What makes trail running special still is I, I don't know how much of this conversation happens in the NBA. Like I don't know about like should they don't should the sponsor be backing things? You're like they don't care. That's just like entertainment at the most ridiculous level. And I I think even you know Jack's saying just part of the progress of the sport. And I could I could see in some ways I still think that's a bit of um, that attachment to like the 2010s Western States thing, the U.S. still has a lot of that. It seems like so much of the sport is you make it racing in Europe, and then in the U.S. there's all these FKTs. Like, it seems like, I don't know, all of the biggest short distance races, most of the, I don't know, not most, but at least UTMB, it seems like so much of the high power racing is over in Europe, and the U.S. does have such such a different culture. I, I just it's think both guys, I just think both sides need each other. Like I think one thing for sure, if you're going to have like the the subversive countercultural organic f the man thing, can only exist unless all of those things that they're rebelling against do exist, and that's what makes. Mm that whole scene so beautiful that there is that present existing foil and vice versa. The fact that like there is this environment where people can take it super seriously, super corporate, super financial, super like let's make a living out of it. That can only exist if it's born out of the ashes or the vibrancy of that whole like countercultural thing. And I, I think as soon as one of the two dies immediately, the side that wanted that other one to go away, like laments that it's not there because life was not nearly as interesting. I think life is super interesting when you have the exact opposite of all of your values and your worldviews, like staring you in the face and kind of like threatening you every single day. Like if you don't keep up what you're doing, we're going to encroach on you. So I'm always a huge fan whenever all of my haters and my enemies and all that kind of stuff are thriving and whatnot. Cause it's just like, you need that as, as, as inspiration. Neither side wants to re- recognize that they get a ton of inspiration from each other. Sometimes positive, sometimes negative, but it's always inspiration. It's always fuel. That's why. And that's why we need to see Jack race at UTMB. You know, I think that is part of, part of, Everyone's interest, people's interest on in that. Definitely not everyone. Don't want to get this to Jack's head. Sure. <laughs> and everyone and most people in Europe have no idea that that's a possibility. <laughs> well, and, and like this, Jack, I think this is a this is a, a relevant question for you. As you have increased your notoriety in the sport, 
have you felt that it's harder to hold on to your natural inclinations and inspirations versus what you're getting in terms of feedback from the outside? Like, could you, do you still have these projects where like you would do it even if you couldn't tell anyone about it? Or do you feel like increasingly your schedule is dictated by uh, your environment? Yeah. So when I was, when I was driving cross country, uh, every, so I've, driven cross country a handful of times. And every single time I do it, uh, I get about like the first day or the first half of the journey. It's always like really fun. And then I get like closer to a mental breakdown, like the closer I get to like my destination. And like every time I drive cross country, the mental breakdown just gets like moved up in the drive, like sooner to the start. Um, and so I was, I was driving, I mean, this is going to seem like a ridiculous analogy. Um, but I was, I was, (laughs) Well, I was. It already does. My vehicle was my vehicle was stopped, and uh, I was watching Netflix, um, and uh, (laughs) and (laughs) I uh, I watch. Okay, I don't want to like make it sound like I'm endorsing fucking Kanye here. Like, obviously, he's like an anti semite, like you know, fucking. Oh man, where are you I watch I watch like the Kanye documentary that's on Netflix and like you can see <laughs> which was I don't good wanna, by the way which was good it's really good I really by the way Jack is relating himself to Kanye at the moment <laughs> <laughs> and um I you know I like <laughs> I I watched it and uh I mean, I just, it kind of, you can kind of see how like the fame like destroyed Kanye and like me having, you know, a couple people in my Insta DMs, like obviously isn't the same, but like I can see, I could kind of see like slight, slight similarities where it's just like, it just stresses me out. It just like stresses me the fuck out having like people honestly care, which sounds horrible, but it's just like, you know, um, in many ways, I wish I still had like no following and uh, I could just kind of just do whatever I wanted and like nobody fucking cared. Uh, and that was, I don't want to discount that as a reason why I'm not doing UTMB next year is I just didn't like the pressure and I didn't like, like feeling like I was living other people's vision and I didn't like part of the reason I, I don't do races is because I kind of like to go with the flow and see what I'm interested in and see how training is developing. And I don't like the idea that I'm like, I'm like locking into doing UTMB and it was going to like delete my, you doing UTMB and Dora was going to really fuck up my ski season. So there, there are other issues, but yeah, no, it does. It does stress me out. And so I basically, uh, I watched this, you know, Kanye documentary and I just had this like massive epiphany in Nevada. Uh, and, uh, I was like, wow, like, uh, I am uh, like, you know, I don't, you know, at that point I was like, I really don't know if I should do UTMB. Uh, and, (laughs) and, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. So to answer your question, uh, I mean, yeah, like my calendar, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like the only things I know for sure are like stuff I'm trying to do in the spring. And then after that, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm doing with my schedule. I figure I'm still going to Europe, so I might as well just do a bunch of stuff in Europe, but yeah, I'm just going to kind of figure it out as I go. So I think environment is super important because I think baseline I'm a corporate square, but the more that I like hang around or listen to you and Kyle talk, I like start to realize like, you know, that side's pretty cool too. Um, <laughs> so it's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick your people super carefully. You know, you are the sum of the people that you interact with the most. It's, mm. it's wild. I should really That's stop sage advice. <laughs> Abby, what do you, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on this subject? Abby, do you know I what I'm talking about there? Back. What I just said? Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, like okay. <laughs> the first No, I'm not going to roast you. Uh although it is tempting. Save those Go thoughts for, for later. <laughs> the first thing I'm going to say is you and I think everyone when they experience their first taste of success, you think everyone cares a lot. People care a lot less than you think they care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The second thing I'm going to say is I think you could view people saying to you, Jack, you should do UTMB. We want to see how you could line up against the best. You could just view that as a compliment of them admiring you as an athlete versus like prescriptive advice. No, no, no. I totally. That's really what they're trying to say. I totally. I like I'm honored that people say that. I totally view it as a compliment. And like the first time, the first couple of times people said that to me, I was like, wow, you like really think that you know i mean here we like talk this shit up so much and i'm going to go to i'm like maybe someday i go to utmb and just get like absolutely fucking spanked <laughs> but uh like the first couple times like manitou flashbacks <laughs> dude not not if you keep taking tongat ali supplements yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> right i do right. think though jack that you you are a very unique athlete in the sense that you are probably oh the most God. high-strung person that i know and that's maybe the roast aspect of, of this conversation. And you seem to thrive, as you're saying, in this environment where you because you change your mind every five seconds. One day you're like, I'm going after this thing. I booked an Airbnb for three months. I'm doing it. And then the next day you're like, never mind. That was a terrible idea. I'm doing this instead. I'm going to go do the Stairmaster for seven hours. And then, you know, it's you're all over the place. So he's not. High strong, he's just mentally unstable. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe both. <laughs> they go hand in hand, perhaps. But you're incredibly hardworking. Once you commit to a goal, you see it through to the highest level yeah, possible, 100%. as evidenced by the fact that you slept above 10,000 feet all spring while training for Denali. And turned down waves. <laughs> rude. And though that skill set is really conducive to this test environment that you've created for yourself where you are in full control over when you go test yourself and that is your beauty in my opinion as an athlete and my perhaps small piece of advice is don't let the and it's hard but don't let the outside world take that away from you it's just hard that's that's not racing Jack, you could never have another good accomplishment ever again. And, uh, you know, I, I would only judge you based on your approach to everything, which I think is like Abby said, super cool. Sweet. Yeah. Th thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I do really appreciate that. And no, there, there certainly are some like other, you know, psychological stuff. I'm probably not acknowledging where it is. It's like a big, it is a big, it's like a big control thing. Like, obviously, like, I mean, I, I, I had, I had issues with like control and independence, like going into the Navy. And then like that traumatized me so much mm -hmm. that I, I still probably have that lingering now. Um, and part of it, maybe just like, I don't want to, you know, commit to doing UTMB. So, um, yeah. But everyone has different skill sets and you do have this incredible skill set of discipline. And I think it is beautiful that you found a platform where that really is able to shine. And I should be careful in how much I compliment you on this because it also does turn you into a little bit of a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It is just, it is just interesting because I think 
And I think people in the there's there's like two camps. It's like the FKT world has immense respect for all of that. But I think there's four people in the the racing world. I think there's a lot of respect for all the times you've put down, but in some people's heads, and like I don't think I fall into this because I know you probably better than most of these people do, but I think there's like almost an asterisk, and I think there's still like, yeah, but what about a race? And I think this is just, letting the external world, though, like who is Jack but doing Jack this for? Jack does this for external things. He has all of his Strava titles planned out for the next like three years for any FKT he gets. <laughs> no, no, there, no. This I is, don't know. There this is, is not soon. Some, <laughs> this is not some holy pursuit, and Jack is not all that blue collar. He's like ten pairs of three thousand dollars ski boots. It's not all that. Uh, it's, it's some of it's, you know. Some of it's for external validation. I, I, I do think that. I think part of that is no, 100%, yeah. part of the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be hard. Yeah. So I don't know. I would love to be able to talk shit on Jack's behalf once he goes to UTMB and crushes people, but like... Oh, thanks. I guess I mean, my point I'm... is, and maybe this will actually motivate Jack to do, t- do UTMB, I think you your skill set is so conducive to these types of FKTs that you're able to, to beat Killian on things that... I better be careful what I say here. It's it is a whole different world if you go to in a race format where you you cannot control all of those variables. And I'm not trying to say you're not as good as Killian. No, no, no. I, what not, I am but, saying is yeah. you are better perhaps than Killian or anyone else at setting your mind to these types of things and then checking every single box to make sure that you're going to be successful on that day. Yeah, I know. And this is this is something I think Dan kind of just said it, but he 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 gets me on all the time. It's like, uh, you know, the idea of racing is like kind of trying to like having a, a specific date and then like working backwards and like building your preparation yeah. uh, to it. And like maybe no. racing when you're like a bit Did compromised. Jack? Jack is frozen on the screen. I'm frozen. There we I'm go. Back. He's back. You're, you're back. back. You're back. OK, I was just so I think this is kind of what Dan was saying, but Dan always talks about, which is kind of foreign to me, this idea of like, you know, races just kind of fall when they do. And like sometimes, you know, you go into a race and you're you're sick or you're not ready or you're, uh, you know, not prepped in some way. And I mean, obviously, that's true with weather and FKTs, but it is it is a little bit it is a little bit different. There's room for all though, because it'll be it's always it'll always be interesting to have the best people from the race scene like, oh, I wonder what they could run on, you know, this route. And I wonder, you know what Jack could do at UTMB. And I think that was what Finn was getting to earlier is that mm. you kind of need both sides and they inform interest on the other sides. I, I do, I do wonder what trail running will look like in 30 years though. I, I, I do wonder like if it is inevitable that we will have like one championship race that everybody does. Um, and I think if you, if you have one championship race and you work backwards and you have a qualifier for it, I think that's where you, I think people will race less in the future. And if you have to qualify for a race, the two races maybe you do all year will be the qualifier and then be the, the main race. Um, because I, I do think that kind of like championship probably is inevitable, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what other sports like have a, I guess like marathons have like the majors. Uh, so that's like four races each year that kind of. Stuff. You don't do every single one a year. Yeah. 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 I know. Dan. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Cause I want to, as the as the podcasters say switch gears 
what's it like showing like, up to I'm a so race? I'm so sick of this discussion. <laughs> Switching gears? You want to you switch some gears? Let's switch some gears. Let's, switch, let's put a pin in that. Let's switch some gears. Uh, <laughs> Dan, what is it? In, uh, I'll ask Abby. And, well, we, this, this applies to everybody, but to you specifically, what is it like showing up at a race with the knowledge or the just the thought that there are probably people on that same start line that are doping? What goes through your mind? How do you still find the inspiration to compete, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, I think that is a reality of, I don't know if you'd say life or life seems a little too grand, but sport is that that is, that is a thing that's going on at some level. And it's always so tough because it's other than a few specific cases who, you know, people have tested positive in the past and they're still in the sport those people instantly are like, yeah, I mean, I don't trust you, obviously. But then there's other people who it's just, you know, it's a maybe, it's a question mark. Um, and it's, it is hard. I think you have to, for your own sanity, if you're racing, is to just like put it out of your head because that will just give them these superpowers. And I do think maybe that's a, a specific piece to racing that might not be quite the same in the FKT world is you're just head to head in the same space. And if you're giving those people these like superpowers in your head, then you're losing to those people. Um, and when you're sharing that space, I think it might be different than when you're out there solo on an FKT push. I've never thought about that before just now, but it, it is interesting and it's hard to share the start line with any doubts like that. And so I think for the most part, putting it out of your head, for racing and maybe just knowing that it's a reality of sport is there's not much to do about it other than calling for more harsher punishments and more testing. I'm not sure there's all that much to do. Do you feel it on every single star line or just certain start lines? Yeah. Certain start lines, certain start lines, not every start line. I'm not sure there's much more to expand on that, I guess. There, uh, the Golden Trail. There is there is post race testing for like the top three or something. Or um, testing's a generous word, I think. Though it's in competition testing right after the race, or no, it's less than that. I think there's post race testing um, for certain people, but also looking at who's running this test and what the test really is. I don't think there's any. Uh, I, I would almost say there's no validity to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to, for me to then like, you know, currently planning next year's race schedule. Um, it's hard to then say, yeah, for sure. Golden trail. And it's the same idea, right? It's growing pains of the sport. And it's like, do you want to back UTMB? It's like kind of the same thing. It's like, do I want to back golden trail and do that as my series for next year? I was just going to say the the uh, I would say maybe the level of money in sky racing is lower. But I mean, I meant to check with Jackson Cole, but I know when Jackson did uh, a race. Well, I don't want to put words in Jackson's mouth, but I, 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 I believe. OK, I, I mean, I wish I really fucking checked on this, but I don't think there was any testing at the sky racing uh, series <laughs> of races. Uh, and again, like I think the in competition testing is like kind of a joke and you know, we really need out of competition testing because you could just dope and then it'll just be out of your system. But the physical adaptations will still be there when you show up on the starting line. Uh, but it's just, right. I mean, it's just crazy. Like a lot of these races, the races will have prize money. Sky racing 
uh, Skyrunner World Series, they have prize money, but they don't have testing. And like, uh, to me, that would really stress me out showing up to the race. I mean, yeah, but that's that's true in in all of in all of this. You know, the number of big road races with prize money that haven't had testing previously. You know, there's a lot of it, and it's hard to. It's tough because then, the, yeah, testing is expensive, and then even if there's testing day of, it's like you're not catching people doping a lot of the time. So, you know, it's it is tough, and it's just a reality of sport and. I guess that's, I don't know. I think there should just be, you know, I think lifetime bans and pushing as much testing as possible is the best thing. And I, I, I think one thing that I really didn't realize, and this is this is kind of a ludicrous story, but I, I know somebody who, for personal reasons, they were not competitive with anybody. It was really ridiculous that they did this. They did take EPO and they, they bought EPO, I mean, on the internet from China and they spun their own blood and they put up huge numbers and, uh, it wasn't, wasn't fucking, wasn't fucking hard. Like this guy is like not a doctor or something. Um, so I think in my head, like I always thought like, oh, you know, you gotta have like, you know, the, the, you know, the postal, you know, USPS, you know, postal team, you know, 2002, you know, like level of infrastructure, but it's like, no, it's like, I don't even think it's that hard to do. I mean, then that's just talking EPO. I think, um, the only reason like this, uh, this absolutely applies to FKTs too. I just, there's like, honestly, there's just one FKT that I'm like, uh, slightly suspicious of honestly. Uh, but I have, I don't have any concrete proof, but other than that, like I just, I know a lot of the players in the FKT space and I like know the times they put down and, uh, I'm, I'm quite confident that most FKTs are clean, but like 20 years from now that could, you know, obviously be completely different because there is no, I've discussed with like fastest known time, some ideas maybe for like doping infrastructure, but it's just impossible, like without the money. So have you guys heard of this alternative to the Olympics called the enhanced games? No. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what a terrible, <laughs> have you heard, have you heard about it, Dan? It exists. It's like the NFL, dude. It's, <laughs> it's, like the it's, NFL. it's here and it exists. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll link to it in the show notes but there is going to be this i think in the next five or ten years there's going to be this thing called the enhanced games where it's a new level playing field but just everyone is free to use whatever drugs they want in the process i bet they don't run fast i bet they don't run any quicker than what's in the olympics <laughs> 958 will be the 100 meter world record <laughs> that could mean a lot of different things well i think the funniest thing is like the only thing and i'm not i don't want to make it sound like i'm endorsing doping but like the only thing more unfair than doping is like the genetic kanye yeah exactly the only thing more unfair than doping in my opinion is like the genetic lottery it's basically like the genetic yeah. variance between people i've only noticed this really in coaching but like the genetic variance between people and how they you know take on training and and just everything else is just is just their ceiling is just so massive and it's like okay the genetic lottery is half of it but then a lot of the other half is just how you were raised as a kid and it's like you know what values did your parents mm. instill in you and um you know how much did you exercise as a child and it's just like so much of this stuff we don't have you know when, when you're 18 so much is already like set in stone that you really can't change um you really learned the genetic variance when we raced that last 200 meters that top of mount washington aren't you uh, i had to tie my shoe things got alarming <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> 
Abby, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> it. I get depressed pretty quickly thinking about how unmeritocratic sport is on many levels, starting with genetic variants, moving on to socioeconomic status, other lifestyle variables, and then, of course, doping. And it's a large reason why I just have no interest in making a living as an athlete. It just you're gambling and playing in such a weird sphere, like competing against people that you have no control over. I much prefer the traditional working world where you get paid for doing a good job and you don't have to worry about those things. So I'm perhaps not the best person to ask. It's it's so funny. Like, it's so funny. I'm just, FKT is, I think it's simple to draw this anal- analogy, but like a lot of times when I'm racing something, it's like whether or not I get the record, like depends as much on my own preparation as it does on the other person's. And it's like, 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 you know, like, let's say when I was like racing, you know, uh, like when I was racing Denali and like, you know, it's like, okay, like how, like I'm, my success today determ- is determined by like the genetics of like Carl Egloff and Killian Jornet's parents. And it's like, I mean, what a thing to like, you know, not hinge your life around, but I mean, kind of um, like what a thing to care about kind of crazy well and it it raises this interesting question of assuming that we could somehow stabilize every single variable and everyone showing up to the starting line with exactly a level playing field what are we trying to test yeah no everyone would finish at the same time everything would be finished at the same time if everyone's or if someone does win, are we celebrating that they have like more willpower? But that's genetic. Like, what are we? That's genetic. Yeah, it's all genetic. Is it? Yeah, it's just how you're raised. It's like the values you're raised with. You know, like some people are just not raised. Well, to try. okay. I don't know. If we could, let me rephrase this. If we could isolate one variable and make that the variable that there's variance within everyone racing. What variable would that be? What are we trying to celebrate? That is not contrived. That it's just simple and that it's sport. Yeah. It's sport is great because it's simple. Like I think the greatest sports are I mean, I'm so biased, but like athletics. It's like who is the fastest for a hundred meters? Who is the fastest around this lap of this like FKT is like who's the quickest around the lap of this lake or like to this summit and back but so you're just, just celebrating them and... being the fastest you don't care why they're the, they're the fastest it's just they're the fastest no, of course you do Good but job. like it's you want to distill it down um then yeah and i think i don't know the genetic the genetic conversation is just almost like but, but what are we going to do about this so like <laughs> well this is i think actually to argue the exact opposite of you, Dan, and I obviously love endurance sports and that's all I've ever done in my life, but you could argue that team sports actually are the most exciting sports that we should be celebrating because Mm. they do involve all of these variables of teamwork, coaching, collaboration, et cetera, that are, we should like, those are things that we should be celebrating as a, human race and sport is this distillation of these values that we are trying to uphold. Yeah. Yeah. I'll celebrate the values I want to celebrate. Abby, I agree. Abby, I agree. I just think, well, Finn, just to circle back what you said about like grit and resilience, like maybe I used to think that, but like on my birthday this year, my parents like 
film that like showed me this film like my my like birth film and uh which they had never seen before <laughs> and uh my mom of your birth of my birth and uh my mom <laughs> after like being in labor wow. for like 22 hours like is like oh i have she hasn't given birth yet is like crying to the camera because she like made it this big goal of hers to like give a natural birth without any anesthesia or you know whatever and she could she couldn't do it they had to like do a c-section and she was like crying because she was like you know they gave her an epidural and she was like you know like i failed like and it's like you know what is wrong with this woman but it's like that's like the same, whatever's <laughs> wrong with her it, like i inherited it so i mean i don't think it is i either inherit it or that's like the way that they raised me my parents so like i don't think grit or resilience none of that stuff like oh like someone can try so harder than someone else but it's 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 genetic and it's you know it's uh nurture whether they can do that i think i buy a lot of what you're saying about predetermination especially on a physical level i still think we don't quite know on the mental side of things how malleable our upbringing is versus what we can learn in adulthood and i think ultra running is a great example of a lot of people who are physically untalented but are mentally super strong and they've gone on to have a lot of success in the sport and a lot of them had pretty significant mindset shifts between like their early 20s and you know maybe when they rose to prominence in the sport so like they actually a lot of them did have like upbringings where you know a lot of the values that we attribute to success in the sport were not present they were not imbued with them and like they they changed face pretty pretty dramatically in adulthood. So I, I think I'm going to hold on to that. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> Finn is keeping the dream alive. Finn is keeping the dream alive. And as, uh, as one of the people that is untalented in this sport, I am keeping that dream alive. Their minds were like fertile ground for the change to happen already. There was like already something in their mind where they were predisposed to that. And then there was like outside factors acted upon them. And then they evolved. I think that's, that's you know. free will exists. <laughs> Clearly, no, according to Jack. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of learning? What's the point of improvement? Well, so, I, okay, so, so I guess. Obviously, people start from different starting lines. You know, like, I bet <laughs> one person is a little bit more ahead than another, but I think we are to some extent left to our own devices and, you know, motivations to realize talents. And people that are untalented can max themselves out, and that can actually put them further in front of somebody even if, if it's just by a little bit, that is at a starting line farther ahead than theirs, but they just haven't worked at it hard enough. I think plenty that's of why Jack was just on the Stairmaster are... for the last seven hours. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, but I think it's like... I mean, I think the counter, Jack... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, when you really okay. boil it down... Oh, there's like a bit of a delay. When you really boil it down, like I think there is no way you can sit down and have like a long think about competition and come to the conclusion that competition between people is good. It's just not. It's it's like unfair. It's just riddled with so many fucking problems that the only competition that's valid is against yourself. And, you know, it's just so hard to resist. It's okay. It's, it's so hard to resist the competition with other people. And it's so compelling uh, because like, I, I don't really know why. Maybe it's just because the way, you know, we exist as human beings or the way like our media, you know, kind of builds up competition between people. But 
in so many ways, it's fucking pointless because uh, like everybody who shows up on the line at UTMB uh, has like won the everyone who's, you know, in contention for the top 50, top 10, whatever, has won the genetic lottery for this specific you know, race basically. So it's like, we're selecting from a very small portion of the population. Um, but I mean, yeah. there are some people, no matter how hard they try that are even in the top 20 that won't win the race. Um, and it's like, how, how the, no, that is not, how do you square that? I, I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> that is yeah. the antithesis to the point of sport. Also, I'm going to leak two years of texts from you to that audio. And it's going to be like the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> No. I mean, I think like, if I you think have Jack's perspective, you have to believe what Jack just said, which is it's about internal improvement and getting the most out of yourself. But again, team sports don't have this problem. And I'm not saying that Jack's right, Dan, by the way. I'm just saying that if you believe Jack's worldview, really the only outcome that won't drive you into madness is to believe in self-improvement and and judging yourself but against yourself. Jack is pursuing self-improvement for the... <laughs> no, 100%. I, 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 can, I can make this argument theoretically, but I cannot, I cannot live it. And I think the reason why racing against other people is compelling is because it's a standard of what someone else has done. And so it's like, it's, it's hard, you know, if you go up and race, you know, Mount Shasta in a vacuum, like the time is, is, is meaningless essentially, unless, you know, maybe you're racing it multiple times to improve and stuff. Okay. That makes sense. But, um, I guess that's why I guess competition against other people is, I mean, I say all this shit and like I race the grand and I'm like frustrated that I didn't, you know, I missed the fucking time. Um, but I would have said the same. A time that doesn't have a GPX file and like it's just based on just because, you know, whatever, there's all this stuff to it. But to loop it back, the point of sport is that, I think to me at least, is that improvement and competition and those things make you better in my opinion. And if everyone is just allowed to be dumping, there's no meaning to the improvement. And that is the point. It's hard work for improvement, and I think there's just so much value in that. I know. No, no, that's that's valid. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just saying, using whether you're winning or losing as a yardstick of like success or not is is just. I don't. I don't know. It's just winning or losing relative to other people is just impossible because you know you're you're handed everyone's handed a you know a hand of cards and, uh, you know. I don't really know what to say. Like, you know, you're just get, those are the fucking cards you're given. And like you, everyone has a ceiling and that's it. I don't know. You have to play the cards. My, my hot take is that fan that beats Jack at UTMB in 2028. <laughs> All right. I want, I want to be respectful of Abby's time. Cause I know she's on the East coast. It's getting late. I have two, two topics left that I want us to cover. Maybe we can spend about. I don't know why that just came up. I, I didn't press any button. That balloons just came. If you're watching on YouTube, balloons just popped up into the screen. I have no idea what that was. It's like a Riverside thing. I need to try to do that. Two, two questions that I want to end on, and maybe we can develop. It's doing it again. The balloons. All right. The first, I want to devote 10 minutes to this next question, and that is, it's multifaceted, but first, should we even be doing this podcast? For example, should we be talking about these issues? Should we, we be leading by example or both? Like we all have these worldviews about how we want to see the sport develop. What is the best way to change the things you care about? So Abby, starting with you, uh, how do you handle this predicament? 
about sorry about well, whether here, we should you know be doing I can a I can answer because or... I put this in here. <laughs> <laughs> if Abby doesn't have anything, I can say something. I have one thing I want to say really fast, which is we started this podcast. This is technically technically the third time that we've recorded because. Yeah. Finn ate the second recording. <laughs> Sorry, Finn. I shouldn't throw you under the bus. You're the nicest person here. Jack and Dan ate the Riverside. second recording. We're blaming, let's, let's blame it on software. And Dan. Okay, we're blaming Riverside and Dan and Jack. Um, anyway, we started this podcast as giving like uh, our very raw thoughts. I would say hot takes, but I've decided that the term hot takes is officially dead because it's been co-opted by those not willing to give hot takes including ourselves because then we went on the second time and we gave lukewarm takes and i feel like we've just moved into like a much more philosophical direction this time which i love i think that's great and we've resolved this issue of not giving or not spicy opinions to things let me say one thing quick so and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna tease our listeners and viewers. I was personally not capable of fixing the audio issues on Trail T, the real number two. But that's not to say an audio engineer out there could take what I think are corrupted files and fix them. So let me just say there is a chance. There is a chance. Not gonna say it's gonna happen that in January or February or March this drips out into the feed somehow because Single Track has been able to afford an audio engineer because we signed the deal with UTMB. Christmas miracle. What's <laughs> bad about that? I may have an audio engineer for you. I don't know if that answered your question or not. Should we be doing the podcast? I don't know. I I have enjoyed the evolution of where we've come. But was that the question? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there listening or watching that are like, they're all talk, no action, or they are backing mm. up what they're talking about because they do XYZ in real life. So... I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts in that area about like the validity of what we're doing? And are we saying things that are either a beneficial or can be acted on in a proactive way? Or are we just creating further chaos and confusion in the community? Probably the latter, but (laughs) I personally enjoy listening to other people try to unpack philosophical questions that perhaps no have no answer and i'm not sure that any of the questions that we've been chewing on tonight have an answer other than whether jack should raise utmb or not so we we should let jack answer next well i think you know the purpose of a running podcast is you just have something to zone out to while you're running and you don't actually listen to it so i think in that regard we're accomplishing that mission Mm -hmm. um so the reason I wrote that as like, so, so originally this was like kind of based around like the Enormacast, like the climbing podcast, their, their taps episode where they kind of cancel things. They, in the climbing community that they don't, sometimes it's safety. Sometimes it's just kind of like cringe. And I've kind of come against personally. I've kind of like, that was like the original kind of idea of this. And like, we've never really done that, but I have kind of come against that idea because I think like, I, I think calling people out and kind of like being aggressive, like you're never going to, you're just going to like probably harden the sides and it like feels good to like kind of be kind of rude to people that you don't like, but it like isn't not a way to actually accomplish anything. Uh, so, I mean, I think the, other this, than massive amounts of entertainment, because we all love that episode of that podcast. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, so I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, I, I, 
I think there's there's I think what this podcast evolves into is has been good. But, uh, uh, you know, I think the best way to kind of have your vision of, of sport or something went out is just to kind of just to kind of live that and, and set an example. And um, hopefully other people find it compelling or they think it's dumb and they, you know, it just dies off as it probably should. So the takeaways from from Jack's points are one, Finn, your podcast is for people to zone out to and not listen. And two, podcasts actually have no point because everyone should just be out running and not talking. Oof. You nailed it. <laughs> Harsh. Probably true. The reality is Jack's immense fame has gone to his head and he's no, no longer willing to have any hot takes. That's, that's really what's going on. Um, Cosine. I don't know. What you what utility does this this have? Does it need to have utility? I don't know. I think it's I think it's um I think it's good to have conversation about this part that isn't uh, afraid to not be terribly polished. And I think that is bulk of the media. And I don't and you know, personally, I don't really like that as much. It doesn't feel Oh God! What's Jack Dance talking about? Yeah, I just don't identify with that as much, and so I think I think this has a space at least to have unpolished discourse. Hopefully, it's at least not a negative. <laughs> Everyone's zigging, I'll zag. I think that these episodes are incredibly important because I definitely believe in the power of ideas. I think ideas act like viruses in the way they travel. And I see all four of us here as merchants of ideas. And so at the very least, we're putting a concept or a series of concepts in people's heads to consider. And consideration is like top of the funnel in terms of an idea. And uh, so in in that sense, I think there is power in these episodes. But yeah, obviously ideas are a dime a dozen and execution is the most important part. So if people like or want to see some of these ideas blossom, it's on them to help with execution. And, and on, um, on the Finn's execution a politician. Note, that's why Finn's bringing his guillotine to France next year. <laughs> Anyways. I think if there's one takeaway, it's that almost all revolutions are created by people who already come from some sort of position of power. And that this idea of like the grassroots versus like a professional class or an elite class is just a fallacy and go study history. I'm going to make you a merchant of idea (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. All right. Very last one, because Jack, you mentioned Norma cast and uh, I know that, you know, Abby and I both work in the trail running endurance media space. And I don't know, at least from my standpoint, probably you too, Abby, I'm always trying to get better at my craft and I'm always trying to be self-aware of the limitations of what I'm doing and, you know, lack of creativity. And I I think it was you or Dan that put this in here, Jack, like climbing media versus trail running media and sort of like the bleakness of trail running media. That could mean anything. It could mean films. It could mean articles. It could mean this podcast. Generally, why do you two, and maybe you, you do as well, Abby, but like, why do you guys gravitate towards climbing media? What's the competitive advantage there? What's the attraction? Um, what does it have that, you know, trail running doesn't? I could start this one off because <clears throat> I was talking to someone about this today and I, that was just what I was thinking on today. I, and I think trail running falls less into this category than road or track disciplines. And this, this actually stemmed from a talk about um, contract obligations. But 
it seems like for a lot of the Spartans, a lot, a lot of the athletes tend to just be tight, like, rule followers. Um, and I think that part of that helps since running is a kind of test. And so those athletes are self-selecting for um, people who are good at following rules. But I don't think that that definitely doesn't lend itself to interesting media with a lot of character to it, I think. And yeah, I 100% listen, I listen to way more climbing podcasts or climbing YouTube or climbing anything than I do running, which has completely changed in the last couple of years. It just holds my attention much better and it's a lot more interesting mm-hmm. on the whole. Um, I do, obviously, still engage with a lot of running stuff. Um, but yeah, my, my current thought on that and obviously it's a thought it's open to changing but I think that's just some of it is that runners self, are self-selecting to be maybe a little more type A following rules and people pleasing and that doesn't necessarily lead to terribly interesting storylines yeah I think to an extent we're comparing uh, we're comparing alpine climbing media a lot of times it is it is the media is focused on alp- alpine climbing uh, to trail running uh, and I think a better comparison would be if there was like a lot of like competition climbing media, then that would be more anal- analogous to trail running media. I think, yeah, when, when the focus is on performance and you just get a lot of people that are, you know, probably just like a little bit more square is, is, is kind of what it comes down to. And, and up on climbing just is, is, you know, it's dangerous. Uh, it does involve a lot of performance, but it just, it selects for I think slightly different personalities. And I think that's exactly what Dan was saying. And that's probably fundamentally what the difference is there. And then also I think a little bit to climbing is climbing is, I think is a slightly more mature sport than trail running. And so, I mean, at least you have climbing gold, which is a, uh, is, you know, obviously you have Alex Honnold, who's like a massive celebrity. You know, he was featured in a film that won an Academy Award. There is no film about trail running that has won an Academy Award. And so he has this huge star power and he has a highly produced uh, podcast, which does not exist in trail running. Jack, you're a totally different breed in the trail running, mountain running space. Like there isn't really someone that I could compare you to as having a similar style of expression where does that come from? Like, where, like, how did you decide on how you wanted to present yourself in the trail space? Cause I've always said that you, even though you do increasingly feel constraints on what you do and don't say and, and what you do and don't race and how you train, you have always seemed to me more free, more uninhibited than most people. So I'm, I'm curious why that is. Why is that your default mode? Uh, I, I don't, I don't really know. I think, I think I care about presenting myself that way. So that's, that's certainly, that's probably part of it. Uh, I, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think, I think part of it is, you know, uh, there've been a couple issues and like UTMB is kind of one of them where I've, I felt the need to kind of like speak out in some capacity. And I think that's, I mean, I think fundamentally it's like a, it's an ego, it's an ego thing where I think I'm just like not okay just being a runner. Like, I feel like I have to like contribute some other sort of value. Uh, and so that's what the way I try to contribute. Um, I think that's probably where some of it comes from. And some of it is just kind of like, like an anti-authority thing and like, you know, a non-conformity thing where I just kind of want to probably be unique, I imagine. But I don't, I don't know. I, I do think, I do think part of like the pipeline towards 
you know, in, in running is that you are following a coach very tightly in high school and college and, and middle school. And I think part of that does just weed out. Okay, go ahead. Um, now she's waving something. Um, I do think that just weeds out super anti-authoritarian people in some ways. I think it's just like all this complicated selection process that's gotten us there. I do want... Yeah, like there's not really many climbing programs in high schools that I'm aware of. And these people are kind of born into this space where they have to create their own meaning, create their own environment. Typically, they they have to leave a place that they were from to go to another place and make this pilgrimage to like a like Yosemite or whatever. I don't know. That's <laughs> what I've observed. So I well, don't know if that's part of it. I think there is that... I was going to say, I think part of it is like climbing, the culture got started in the 70s and it was very, you know, or before that, but like the culture at first was very countercultural, counter kind of like cultural and, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, it's always been kind of like a, a resistance sport almost. It's it's always been kind of on the fringe of society where it's like running. It's like Dan wasn't good at dribbling a basketball in elementary school. And so he started he started running because he still wanted to be competitive. So, I mean, I think it's just like fundamentally the culture has been set up from the beginning different. And it's like just to what you said, like the people it attracts uh, are going to be. Yeah, climbing is it's, it's changing now, I think. Like, you know, with the popularity of gym climbing, it's becoming much more mainstream. It will be interesting to see what the culture looks like uh, in, you know, 15, 20 years once, like, the, the gym generation has, like, really grown up. Out of general insecurity, I would like to correct the record on my uh, athletic ability outside of running, but... <laughs> That's it? You just like to correct it, but you have nothing to say? <laughs> it's, it's just... <laughs> if you say too much, then, you know, it looks, it looks bad. Right, yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> Abby, what are your takes? I don't know. I think you have opinions on this, but I don't feel like you so much. Okay, I have two thoughts. One, is climbing the anomaly here or is just running the anomaly because of what you all are saying, which is that running attracts these hyper type A boring people? I didn't go that far. This seems somewhat strong. <laughs> I don't know. I think... I think part of it too, it's like, it's interesting. It's, it's like so many, and this could be the way other things are written too, but it feels like a lot of people I know with contracts for running, it's you're on the back foot and like, you have to make sure like you're afraid to get dropped and you're afraid to do all of these things as opposed to like, it's, it's another con concept of that. Like agency is not in their hands. Then it seems like they're sitting there appeasing sponsors and then that's the goal instead of like with climbing so much of the media is can be like self-produced and it's therefore just kind of cool because they're free to do the thing they think is cool um, so I by media are we talking about we're talking about professional athletes own social media and youtube and tiktok or whatever least, uh, professional athletes or professional like um, aspiring professionals. And I think it's actually but we're talking about content that they're producing themselves, not like the media, <laughs> as in what Finn is doing or professional I mean, media. Just stuff surrounding them, right? Like, if okay. we're talking about media about elites, then they're afraid to say certain things. And I, I don't know, I think yep. it's all, all of that is applicable. I do think 
climbing to take a job of self-producing um, wow. out of media. I mean, so many of the top climbers have their own YouTube channel, and that's like fairly commonplace. Um, this is this is, and again, this conversation is the reason why I had that I felt strongly against UTMB for the current situation because in a way I felt like there was a downstream effect of just like stomping out any further interesting speech in the sport. Like this is an example where if someone does say something, which really wasn't even that controversial to begin with, like if they get axed for that, then people will start to get super protective and and insular around their, maybe their sponsorships or how they interact with (coughs) race directors and stuff like that. Like I just think it sets a super dangerous and, I selfishly like an unimaginative precedent for like how people operate moving forward. Like it's just a cold place. Um, that's yeah, really interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think that's fair, but I would also say like climbing, so many of the climbers had huge disagreements with the formatting of climbing in the Olympics and they still took part. And I think you can disagree with the thing and still, I don't know. I, I, I do definitely agree with that point. Um, all right guys this has been an awesome conversation much appreciated as always like i said if we can afford an audio engineer for the future or if people just want to do it out of the goodwill of being longtime listeners of the show <laughs> hit me up fin at singletrack.run because i thought it was second house budget <laughs> yeah this is yeah the second house budget um but like we could be we could be graced with not this could be trail t3 right now it's trail t2 it could be trail t3 so um yeah, anyways, this has been awesome. Abby, Jack, Dan, thank you so much. I think we'll let's just do one kind of round table thing. Abby, any final thoughts from you about anything? Well, I did say I would give two points uh, when we were talking about running media and whether why it's boring. Yes. And so really fast, my second point, I listen to consume a lot of like traditional sports media, like our, you know, big ball sports. And those are also really fun and dynamic, the personalities in those sports. And one question I've been wrestling with is, are those sports more exciting because football players know that they're entertainment and they are there to provide entertainment? It is a spectator sport when we're talking about at the professional level versus running, which continues to wrestle with this participation side, spectator side, and professional runners are kind of caught in the middle of that where a lot of them seem to be trying to serve like their audience are the participants. And so the, the audience are also quite self-absorbed in their own running. And does that somehow reflect back on the pros and how they present themselves? I think this will be the last thing I say Um, on the way back from like, yeah, I just got back from Thailand. So on the way back, I sat, sat next to this guy um, from India who's a software developer and he makes games. And so his, his, we started talking somehow about running, you know, I guess what I do, and we were talking about like contracts and how would you self-market and all these things. And basically his point was, we started talking about this conversation, but he was saying that, you know, obviously his job is to make the best game possible, but if he doesn't market it in any way and him and three friends play it, that's such a loss. Like four people play the game. And so it's it's interesting because I think so many runners get lost in like having the best race possible, but then there's no marketing and so then people somehow don't care about it. And I think um, in a lot of ways that's what climbing has done is they had to so recently had no way to make money. And so I think 
um, so many of the climbers took it upon themselves to like go out and find a way to make money, and part of that is self-promotion. And I think runners tend to do a very bad job of that because some of the shtick is that you should just get paid for running, and if you're good at running, then you should make money. And I think that is something we're watching change a lot as terrible runners who are influencers are making money, which I think is ridiculous, but it's also that is why you sponsor people on this because it's just an ad. How about you, Jack? Any final thoughts? No, I don't I don't have anything. That's it. Nothing? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm I'm just disappointed. Yeah, sorry. I'm actually launching my own podcast. Not actually. That's where my final thoughts will be. Jack has officially bonked from his seven-hour stairmaster workout. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, you guys are awesome. This was Trail T number two or three. Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Thank you, all three of you, and to the audience. We'll see you at some point in the new year, 2024. Thanks, Finn. Thanks, Finn. Before we go, also thank you to Kodiak Cakes for supporting the show. Kodiak was the OG believer and first ever sponsor of the show. I believe it's been going on for two years now. They've been an amazing partner and they make amazing products too. You've heard me rave about the pancake mix, but it does not stop there. No, it does not. I'm a big fan of their oatmeal power cups and granola bars as well. If you're curious, head over to their website, check out what they got, including their recipe section, by the way, which will imbue you with uh, quite a bit of creativity. Even if you don't fashion yourself as a creative person, it will make you one in the kitchen. Grab some of the goods. Kodiak also has a special discount for single track listeners where you can use code SINGLETRACK15 at checkout for 15% off your next order. With that, thank you so much for listening. Catch you on the next episode of The Track.